welcome to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. This is the ugly mug, Toby Hatfield. How are we doing today, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Just sitting around drinking a little bourbon. We got the Jack Daniels Bottled and Bond, one of the oh, new nice. releases they got out. Have you tried so. the uh, Triple Mash? Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, the triple mash has a little bit more heat, uh, certainly a lot of flavor. So I'm, out of the two, I actually like the triple mash a little bit better. Yeah, I think that's a slightly better bottle. We we blinded uh, a couple of weeks ago the Sinatra Select, the 10-year, the triple mash, and the bonded. Mm-hmm. And between my wife and myself, I, it was splitting hairs between the 10-year and the triple mash as to which ones I liked best. She liked the triple mash by far. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So before we get full into feck here, man, and, and and asking you a bunch of questions and all that kind of good stuff, do you do you want us to call you Bruzel or do you want us to call you by your name? What what, what do you go by? Hey, call me whatever you want to call me as long as you're calling me. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't call you late for dinner, right? Yeah, I you know whatever. I mean, most people in Bourbon are going to know me as Bruzel more so than anything. But my name's TJ. Gotcha. So, so, so where did the Bruzel come from? That is a very long story. It's a very poor name <laughs> for the type of content we're putting out. Um, I, I'm in e-commerce. We do a lot of apps and, and website builds. And probably 10 or 12 years ago, we had an idea for an app. And it was going to be a beer recommendation app. Hmm. Um, and I say app, it was going to be a website because this was before smartphones. So it was going to be a website where you could go in and you could put in beers. You could talk about what you liked about it, what you didn't like. And it would, you know, scientifically look at, you know, the classification, the type of beer, the ingredients, the ABV, all of those different things. And it would recommend and you could maybe walk into a website or into a store and look up a beer and it would give you a probability of how much you would enjoy that beer. Uh, And we started working on it and we just could not at the time we couldn't get the data. We couldn't get the data for all of the beers. So I've just been sitting on this domain name. We thought about doing like a brewery management app. We, you know, kind of did some explorations with that and that wasn't going to be profitable. So I'm sitting here. I was like, well, we're going to start creating content. I've got Bruzel. Let's go with that. I thought we would be doing beer and barbecue and bourbon, but the bourbon stuff's taken off. So I'm just maybe the weird guy talking about bourbon with a beer name. Yeah, I, I'm the one who I, I think between the both of us uh, saw you on TikTok first, I, and I went ahead and let him know. I've I've been on several of your lives and and very entertaining and and, and pretty good content. I, it's been we started this bourbon barrel talk a few years ago uh, before COVID and all this mess. Um, just thinking, well, let's start a podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's interview some distilleries. And so we've been able to, to, to really have a good time of going in and speaking with folks from Peerless and, and uh, Rabbit Hole or Starlight Distillery and all the different local ones around here. Um, some, a lot of them in Indiana as well. Uh, but we're, we're still a little bit low budget compared to your nice bruisal sign and your, your background and everything you got going on there. That's just a TV, by the way, it's not that expensive. <laughs> it's just a TV. You can stick a USB stick in the back. I can change the logos out. Um, yeah, well, you know, one of the things working to my advantage and I, I started out, started out with live streaming. It wasn't really podcasting. It was more live streaming, but, um, I, I own a business in the e-commerce space. And so we create a lot of content around that. And mm-hmm. that's what funded all of the fancy equipment and the sets and the backdrops. It just so happens that I'm I'm into bourbon. We did a lot of just drinking and and you know creating that content. So a lot of my sets and things are all bourbon themed anyway. So they just kind of work for Bruzel as well. Gotcha, gotcha. 
when when uh I've, I've been on several of your lives and 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 you go a little bit longer than some of the folks that i've seen in the past where well, you certainly enjoy yourself one of the things i think it's kind of entertaining is is watching from the beginning to the end on you having to answer the same question about 17 30 40 50 times of the exact same question and i giggle because every time it comes up and you have to answer that question you do a great job of not getting pissed off at anybody who's asking that question uh but i can only imagine when they ask you what, what's your favorite daily drinker and, and you have to talk and you, you talk about owa i mean how many times uh, is that the most frustrating part of going through some of these lives? Yeah, it gets a little old. I'm, I'm having to dial the lives back. We have overdone it a little bit because I am drinking the whole four hours. And sometimes <laughs> I, I'm an Olympic quality drinker, but it can still get out of hand, right? Like yeah. I, I can hold my own, but it, it's we're, we're dialing those back some. But yeah, on TikTok especially, no one, I say no one, we do have some really diehard regulars that stick around for a, the long haul. But a lot of people just come and go, right? They're there. Mm -hmm. I have, I'll have to look at our stats to see what the average view duration is, but it's minutes and we're yeah. streaming sometimes for two, three, four hours. And so I get it. They just come in. I'm happy they're there. So I try not to get frustrated with the questions. I try to give them answers, but at the same time, what, what it really sucks about it is I don't want to make it a bad show for the people that are sticking around and have yeah. to hear me answer that question three or four times. And I, I really wish that, um, and I'm, I'm going to push TikTok for this, but I wish TikTok would give me RTMP streaming so mm -hmm. that I could use this rig with this setup. And I could, I've got a whole streaming rig over here. I could set up canned answers to all of those. And every time somebody brings it up, I could just flash it up on the screen and I could just keep talking. I could show their questions, show the answer. And I just keep talking about something else. Uh, so I'll eventually get there. But for now, it's just, I don't mind answering, but I don't want to just make it boring for everybody who's been around for three hours. No, I totally get that. You know, we, it, it seems like listeners are always emailing the show or, or, or DMing us on Facebook or Instagram, and it's the same thing. You know, what's your favorite one? What's this? What's that? And and honestly, some of the things have changed over the years, you know, especially the last couple of years. The more we've been drinking, I, I did. A, I got a little log at home that I write down stuff when I try things. And we've been, I've been on multiple barrel picks with different groups and things like that. So. I probably drank over a thousand bourbons in the last year. So, nice. you know, now granted it, it might be, you know, 15 different peerlesses when we went on a barrel pick there or 20 different starlights, things like that. But I mean, geez, I mean, like I've tasted a lot of great stuff. It changes every day. I feel like so. And, and your, your palate also changes when you, when you go on these picks and then they start pulling barrels and, 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 and when you get to know some of these uh, folks at the distillery, it's a little bit different than a normal barrel pick because, uh, Scott and I both have been to places uh, where they were like, they just start drilling into barrels. They're like, oh, let's go try this. This one's over here. Oh, let's, oh, or something back here that we want you to try. Oh, Scott, I bet you'll like this one. Hey, come on. Like, we're running all over a Rick house, man. <laughs> and <laughs> hell of a good time. But, <laughs> and you can't remember everything that you've had. And, but, what's funny we go back and we're like, man, what was that third barrel that was up there that he drilled that, that uh, it tasted kind of like uh, applesauce or, or whatever. And you're, you're trying to remember, but by the, by the end of the pick, you're, you're so uh, a loopy because you, you spent three hours going ahead and drilling into any barrels. Have you gotten to do any of those barrel picks with any of the groups or anything like that? I have not. I really want to. I think um, at this point, I probably have enough folks that watch the live streams or the content to be able to sell out a barrel pick if we really wanted to do one. But uh, I'm in the state of Alabama, so I don't know the laws around that. 
uh, I got to kind of figure that out and put some time into it. But so most of ours are done through like groups or through the podcast, things like that. So uh, we do it that way. But I will tell you, Sillbox is really, really good to use. Um, okay. You know, you can you can set up something with them. And the good thing is they'll collect payment. They'll do everything. All you got to do is just basically provide the barrels and, and, and run it that way. But there's lots of different out, outlets out there that will let you do that. We have enough with the Louisville market. I mean, just being so massive with bourbon lovers that, I mean, we'll, we'll do meetups where, you know, I beat 35 people in a parking lot <laughs> and, and a barrel. You, you, you feel like a drug dealer out there. <laughs> and, bottles of bourbon. And, and like you said, you have enough people listening. You could probably sell out a, a, a pick um, with no problem. I mean, we, um, we, it took us a while to get the audience that we have now because uh, that it's just being an audio only. Um, right. We, we've, we've thought about doing a lot of the live streaming and, and more of the, the YouTubes and things like that. We just haven't gotten there because um, timing and, and, and we're not the, the prettiest to look at. So um, I always said, I got a face for radio. Well, no, not everybody can be as good looking as I, am. <laughs> I, I listen. Okay. I get it. I get it, man. So, um, one of the things that he asked me, and I'm like, I don't know. And, and, and I was going to ask you, do you do you make money on the TikToks? I mean, with the lives and doing that, or is that just more for fun? Not yet. Um, we will. Uh, that's that's the plan. Now, we're TikTok itself. I have a business account. And, and I don't know. These are completely unconfirmed things. But I tend to get in less trouble about alcohol content than personal accounts do. So we don't get hammered as much. Our, our content doesn't get as suppressed as much being a business account, but also means we can't be in the creator fund. So we're not getting revenue off of views. Um, regardless, even if I could, like if that's not worth it to me because you've got to get a billion views to make anything. And, and we do millions of views on some of our videos, but that would still be 20 bucks or something, right? It's not, it's not a lot. So um, it's not worth the hassle there. Now you could get sponsorships. We could probably start doing some things like that. If we really wanted to monetize it, we do have a t-shirt shop that we're going to start promoting here pretty soon. We've got some really cool, uh, bourbon themed merchandise at bruzel.com. Uh, and then we're moving to other platforms where I think we could monetize it a little better as well, because there is that concern is TikTok itself going to be suppressed in the U S or are they going to hammer down on alcoholic content because they they are already a little bit so we're moving to youtube we're moving to instagram uh we're having good success we've been working on that about a week just repurposing tiktoks over there's reels and shorts and i think we're up to um you know probably about a hundred subscribers or followers on each platform after a week of just repurposing content so yeah. i think once we get to actually producing content for those platforms it'll go a lot smoother and we could see similar growth to what we've seen on tiktok yeah, and, and the the Bruzel logo that I see behind with the beer barbecue and mostly bourbon, I mean that that'd be a great T-shirt, great hats like you got on. I mean that's um, we we started to do some of that, but it just never really took off like we wanted to because I think that ours would just be uh, talking about a podcast. Well, uh, let, me, that, let me show you. I'm going to grab a shirt. I know this is audio only. I've got a shirt right over here. I'm going to show you an, an idea. We can kind of talk about what it is. Um, if you want to talk about merch a little bit. Sure, absolutely. Sure, I just got to set my headset down because these are wired in. No worries. So I, I have. Now we about, we we are go live on our Facebook account. So okay. no no, <laughs> didn't want to Hello, give you any Facebook. misleading there. Hello <laughs> Facebook. So um, so you know, if you're just putting a logo on a T-shirt, 
Mm-hmm. then the only people who are going to want to wear this hat with the Bruzel logo are people who watch the content. Otherwise, it makes no sense. But what you want to do is you want to create merchandise that makes sense outside of the context. So, for instance, I like Weller Antique 107. Well, mm-hmm. if you're going to be big, you can't use the name Weller, right? That's a trademark right. thing. But is the bottle shape trademarked? Is the acronym that everybody calls it, OWA, is that trademarked? Right. So you make a nice OWA shirt. There you go. Right. Hmm. You are, you know, everybody's looking for bourbon. So you do a bourbon hunter shirt with the <laughs> arrows and the, if I can get it straight so you can see it there. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, got a, it's got a bunch of arrows coming out of a bottle and we've got a bunch of, there's probably, I've probably designed about 50 shirts and we've probably got 20 or so of them on the site, but obviously everybody's favorite Blanton's you got the horse collector. <laughs> Um, shirts there. So you do stuff that's outside of your brand, but is related to your niche. Gotcha. Um, and that's that's where we're we're expecting to have some success. I mean, we've already sold quite a few shirts and I don't even promote them. It's just people mentioning it on the live stream and they get ordered. So I, I know you're a big fan of William LaRue Weller, one of your favorite pours of all time, things like that. I'm a big GTS guy. So we're both at least in the same family with being BTAC. Um, do you ever dive into what I call dusties, like stuff from the 2000s, 1990s, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, things like that? I would like to, but I don't ever see them. Um, I, you know, I don't have a ton of time to spend. That's one of the problems with this whole hobby is it just gets harder and harder for me to find bottles. I've yeah. got to get lucky. I've get, I'm getting some connections through the content and TikTok that helps. But when you start talking about finding those hard to find bottles, I just don't have access to them like I used to. Gotcha. Yeah. What, one thing I just poured was a, it's a 1977 old Forester. Oh Lord. That now this is a, this is a German export. So this one actually went to Germany and we were able to get it and save it and bring it back to where it's rightful country. <laughs> where do you get a bottle like that? So I, that came from a, a guy that had five or six different um, contacts in Europe. And he said he founded the distributor, which is actually this distributorship. The guy uh, retired the distributorship and he had a bunch of bottles that were sitting in a, in a basement. Hmm. And he just, he basically bought everything the guy had because it was technically not good anymore. So he went yeah. in and basically just, and so he brought this one back and I said, and I saw the box that he had po- posted in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in. That it was a 1977. I said, well, shit, that's the year I was born. I want one. <laughs> so I DM the guy and I'm like, dude, what are you selling those bottles for? And he said, honestly, he goes, I don't really want to sell them. He goes, I'd much rather trade it for something. So I traded him a Blanton's and, you know, some store pick that we had locally to get that bottle. So you need to send me a handshake. You said that's a hundred proof. <clears throat> yeah, it's 86 proof. 86 proof. I'd love to, I would love to blind that versus the current 86 proof I've got sitting on the shelf. Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, it's Anytime you get an old dusty, it's got a, it's got a dusty taste to yeah. it almost. It's got some, you know, a little bit of a little bit more of that earthy flavors and things like that, but it's still delicious. Still got the caramel, still got that banana, you know, your typical old forester flavors and stuff like that, but it's got a little bit more earthiness to it. Now the question is, did it have more earthiness if you would have popped it open in 1977? Or did it generate the earthiness <laughs> from sitting around that long? That I don't know. I have no idea. That, you know? Isn't that though always the question? And um I, I got a bottle of um, Elijah Craig. I think it was pre-fire Elijah Craig that it was over at a, uh, one of my aunts 
was taking care of a, a lady's house that passed away and we went through her cabinet and was getting all kinds of stuff. It was an OGD 114 that was from like the seventies or six or fit, whenever it was first came out, it was in a three, seven, five bottle. I've never even seen those, but that Elijah Craig, um, one pre-fire, it was, I think 86, but it was in the cabinet. It, it, it didn't it didn't get any of the light or the heat exposures or anything like that. And, and it ended up being fantastic. So you're, mm. you're, you're you're really surprised sometimes when you can run across some of those. I, I, I be honest with you, I'm crazy. I go and knock on people's doors and ask them if they got old bourbon. And they're like in, in the neighborhood when I see older people that just live in neighborhoods that have been there for <laughs> forever. I'm just that nuts. I'll go up to somebody. I'll knock on the door. I'll be like, hey, man, you don't happen to be a bourbon guy, do you? And he'd be like, no, man. And I'll be like, you got any old bourbon that you got as a gift back in, you know, 1990? He goes, I do, and then I go shopping in their basement. Man, just knocking door to door, <laughs> like selling. Hey, I got some Girl Scout cookies to sell you, and do you have any old bourbon? That's right. That's it. listen. You 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 won't you won't get it. You, the only answer you can get is no when you ask, right? I, I mean, it's a it's a good policy. I just don't see myself doing it. But I do need to start. I do need to start going to some garage sales or estate sales or something and seeing if I could find some. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I that you talked about on one of your lives is some of the bourbon that you can't get there in Alabama, which it's it's actually kind of shocking of some of the bottles that you've mentioned that that are so readily available here. Are there things that you know of that's available in your location that that we would be surprised at how easy it is for you to get? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what's not available in your location, but so can you get Weller regularly? I mean, if OWA is your regular drinker, well, I mean, like it's like a unicorn around here almost. The state of Alabama is a control state, right? So the state runs the whole distribution. Um, I bought a bottle of this in a gas station liquor store about a month ago for like $75. But that's not a regular thing. Most of these I get from the state-run drops. So what the state decided to do two years ago, they used to it used to be great. A truck would show up, and you don't know what week it's going to show up, but the people who are regular kind of usually could guess. It's like the first week of the month or the second week of the month. It would show up on a Tuesday. So I would just drive over to the liquor store at eight or nine o'clock in the morning. I would wait till they opened at 11 and they had a truck. I could buy one of every bottle they got. So if they got 10 allocated bottles, I could get one of each. Um, and then there was no competition because you didn't know if they were going to have it or when it was going to show up. So there might be four or five guys. If I showed up two hours early, I'm first one there. So I got a lot of good bottles that way. Well, two years ago, the state decided we're going to make this fair. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a website or put it on our website and we're going to post what what date and what we're going to drop. We're not going to tell quantity. Don't know why they don't tell quantity, but they're going to they're going to post, you know, these are these bottles are dropping at this location on this date. And so since they've been doing that, now the problem is is every month the line to get the best bottles moves about 2 hours. So when they first started doing it, they would open at 10, I could get there about 6 o'clock. And I would be top five in line and I could get just about any bottle. Now, if they drop like a Russell's Reserve 13 is dropping this month in two weeks here in Alabama. If I wanted that bottle, I have to be there Thursday and they open on Saturday. Mm. Um, so it gets harder and harder. But they do drop OWA. Um, they do drop a Blanton's and E.H. Taylor small batch almost every month. So like this month, they might not be dropping OWA because they're dropping Weller Foolproof. But like mm -hmm. last month, they probably had it. Next month, they'll probably have it. And so if I really want this bottle, um, I could probably go stand in line for five or six hours and get it. But you can only get now, you can only get two bottles and they have to be different. 
So I could probably mm-hmm. go stand in line for five hours and get a bottle of this and Blanton's or something like that if I really wanted to. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's the way it used to be here. Like we'd have local liquor stores and every Saturday, well, it was the, the, the last Saturday of the month. They had a drop and you could go and get in line and, you know, there was 30 of them in Louisville. So you could, uh, you know, pretty much guarantee as long as you got there, you know, by five or six in the morning, you could probably get a really good bottle of bourbon. So I, I, that's how I stockpile a lot of my stuff. Um, but anymore, it's just random. Since COVID happened and everything else, it's just Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock, all of a sudden, you know, you're like, you're getting an email or a text message. Oh, dude, so-and-so just dropped, you know, six bottles of OWA. And I'm like, well, shit, by the time I get in my car and drive, you know, 15 minutes, there's no way it's going to be there. So Yeah, and yeah. I used to work downtown Louisville, and there's uh, a Michter's uh, distillery down there, and then the Old Forester's distillery is down there. Uh, Evan Williams was right by where I was at. So we would get to know the folks at these places and they would kind of send us a call us and let us know that, Hey, something's going to be here today or uh, when the birthday bourbon is going to be there. So, you know, to go ahead and be there a couple of days early uh, to get in line for the birthday bourbon or, or uh, Michter's 10 or, or whatever. Or, uh, but that doesn't really happen anymore. They're, they're limiting all of that ability to where they're throwing out, like you said, you have to be on an email chain or something like that, which is making it very, very hard to even find anything. But uh, you, you mentioned uh, a couple bottles that um, that you were looking to get. At, and for whatever reason, the only one I can remember is like an OGD uh, 100 proof bonded. Yeah, uh, old granddad, 100 proof and very old Barton 100 proof, which I have heard they don't distribute in the U.S. anymore. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, they may only distribute in the state of Kentucky for the Barton 100, but I, you know, it's been a while since I bought one of those, so I don't even know. Yeah, but, I got the 90 proof, just couldn't find the 100. <clears throat> yeah, those kind of things are just so available here, but um, we can't get, we can't find Blanton's anymore. I mean, it's just, um, they used to be at Myers. You go to Myers and there'd be two or three bottles there. You go to a store pick and, and just go there on a Saturday and be able to pick up a store pick of Blanton's or something. And it's the secondary market has for us has really made it difficult to, to, to get any of the things that we like to try or whatever. So it's been, we we've gotten a little bit lucky that we know some of the folks or we we've actually worked with some of the distillery. So it kind of helps out a little bit. I can't imagine with the folks that that just have to worry about trying to find it in the store or, or they have to pay secondary prices, which to me is goofy. Um, you, you, you have that, uh, that Santa Pappy that you opened up and, and it would, it would hurt my gut to try to open that guy up, but I understand why you did. Uh, it's good content and it's certainly something that somebody would want to listen to and, and, and watch, but it would, it would, knowing what it's worth, it's very, it would be very hard for, to pull that seal off of there. It was. It's like, do I do I get rid of this and buy an awful lot of bourbon? I could make a nice down payment on a car. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, but I have a rule and I've set the rule. And if I go against the rule, I feel like I'm going against my principles at this point. I will not own a bottle of bourbon that I will not open. And so, and I will be torn. Like if you give me a double eagle, I'm going to open it. I'm going to feel bad about it, but that, what's that bottle? Ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. And I, I've come close. I, I mean, there was one for sale and I had a person win like ninth and instead of first. So they didn't get it, but I was like, I've been closer than most people at having a double Eagle and that sucker would be open. And I know here's the problem. I know that bottle 
is not worth anywhere near that price. It's in a nice decanter. It's a collectible. It's only worth that if you're speculating and you're collecting. It is never mm. worth that if you're drinking it. But right. dang, would that be a nice video? Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the folks that we know and we've done a couple podcasts with is uh, Mark Carter, who owns Old Carter. Um, we got Tell to do a couple. Hook me up. Come on. <laughs> I, I've got some Old Carter. I need more of it. We uh, everybody needs more of it. That stuff's delicious. He he him and his uh, wife do a very good job of uh, when they do the blending and, and stuff like that, because uh, everything they have right now is sourced. But they do such a good job of blending and, and, and their palates are so good. They create great batches. Um, I just bought a, a single barrel, a 14 year old single barrel that they had um, delicious bottle. Um, but. The uh, where is that bitch? You didn't show me that. Give us crack it. You're bringing the dusties. He's like, I'm keeping my good stuff. Hidden. I mean, I brought a 1977 old Forester, and he's like, Oh, I'll tell you, man. Yeah. Um, but there's a buddy of ours that that he has your same rule. I mean, the moment he gets a bottle, he doesn't even if you bring a bottle to his house, it gets opened right then. He doesn't wait. Uh, to do it. He goes ahead and opens it, goes ahead and tries it and says, thanks for bringing it over here and he drinks it right away. Um, so I can certainly appreciate that the idea of that. And, and he has 200 bottles and they're all open every single one of them. Um, even if they're doubles, he, he will open them for whatever goofy reason. Yeah, I'll um, do that. I do have about <laughs> bottles that are not open, but it's just because I have identical bottles that are, right. and yeah. they will eventually be opened or given away. Yeah. So what do you think about store picks in that situation? So let, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, you got OWA is your favorite, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get sent five different store picks. Are you opening all them bitches now? Or no, are you, are you, I, no, I don't. <laughs> Even if I, like I had OWA store picks, we had a couple of them. I think I may have one in there still, um, but I'll just keep one. Like I'm one of those guys and I, I created a video on this. I don't think most store picks are better than the normal release. Mm -hmm. um, not normally it's there. It can happen. I've got some Eagle rare store picks that are fantastic, much better than normal Eagle rare, but typically they're going to be similar. Um, if it's a single barrel store pick, I don't think it matters at all. Cause it just would have been a something that would have been released as a single barrel, right. but they're still good. I like store picks because you can oftentimes get a bottle. You couldn't otherwise, because a local store has 150 of them instead of six and you can get over there to grab one before they're yeah. all gone. But um, so I like store picks, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to, like even like Elijah Craig barrel proofs. I think I've got four or five of them. I've got two opened. I opened two. I was like, this is not something I'm going to drink enough of to have four of them open. Yeah. So right. once we finish one, I'll open another. Um, once we finish, you know, if I had a store pick of this, which I may, it'll get open once this is done. I just kind of treat store picks like anything else. Gotcha. One of the things that you've mentioned that you don't like is is finished bourbon one of the distilleries that's with almost uh golf ball hitting distance from my house right here is uh starlight distillery mm -hmm. um they and and pretty much everything that they've been releasing recently has been finished in in a rum barrel finished in a uh a stout beer stout BDN, barrel yeah i mean all kinds of stuff and and i've had some really good things that i've enjoyed from there a couple of them that i have not they, they release some from a honey barrel. It definitely changes the flavor and, and does a, for me, it, it can be a little bit distracting sometimes, right. but have you had that many finishes or just the ones that you've had, you haven't enjoyed? 
I mean, I've had a few. Um, I do have a Blue Note Honey Barrel. It, it's pretty good. Is it better than Blue Note? No, but it's good. It's interesting. It's different. Uh, a lot of port wine finishes, Cabernet mm. finishes. You know, I've got the, was it the Jefferson's Pritchard Hill? That's awful. Um, <laughs> you know, Angel's Envy is fine. It's not a bad pour, but I think it would have been better had they not port wine finished it. Um, I do have a Starlight in there that I won't mention where I got it from because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but that thing almost killed me. Um, that was, woo, that's strong. And I'm sure somebody will love it, but that's just way too manly for me. Um, <laughs> so so that was going to be my next question. Do you like barrel strength or do you prefer, you know? No, I love that? barrel strength. It's not the strength of it in that regards. It's the the flavor. It's like eating a, that, that bottle is like eating a, if, did you ever do the cinnamon challenge that was really popular? Yeah. Where you just take a whole spoonful of cinnamon. I didn't do it. I've seen it. I did it. I'm exactly. dumb. I did it drunk one night. Well, I've got a bottle of whiskey that tastes exactly like that. Uh, so from, from Starlight. And so that's just not my thing. And so I, that, I really think finished whiskey is just taking a pretty good whiskey and ruining it with a few exceptions. I love a double oaked, right? Well, so that's sure. technically a finished whiskey. Jack Daniels is a finished whiskey. So all of that, you know, all of that um, triple mash and the Jack Daniels bonded, Technically, they finish that over charcoal, right? So there, there are some exceptions. I'm not saying all finished whiskey is bad, but you start putting it into weird things, and you're not improving it if it's a pretty good whiskey. It's a really good way to hide bad whiskey, though, if that's what you want to do. So th this is going to be my follow-up question to that. So you said it tastes like cinnamon or whatever. Um, was that was that happen to be the Ambriana cask? It was not, no. Okay, all right. I was just trying to figure out because like people either love that bottle or they hate that bottle. It's 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 what they call basically their cigar batch or their cigar. No, blend. actually, it was it was that. You're right. Okay, That's, that is what it was. I, I think okay. I mispronounced it because I didn't I never heard anybody say the word before. Yeah, Ambriana. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's like Brazilian oak is what it it's is. Exactly it's, the bottle I have. Yes. Yeah. So it's like got like a gold label or a goldish brown mm -hmm. label, and then it's probably wax dipped on top unless you got it from one of the groups down in Florida or something, but I didn't get it from Florida, but I, I'm not going to mention who it's a pick from somebody. And gotcha. I, I like the people who picked it and they, they yeah. have good tastes. This is just not my style. Yeah. So that's, the, I will say that's the one bottle that like of all the bourbon lovers that I know when I hand them that to let them try it, they either love it or they hate it. Like there's no in between. Well, I'm it's definitely so not in between. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the bottles that you've mentioned that you like one of the buddies of ours, I, I actually like it as well, but another buddy that does a podcast with us a lot hates it. It's his least favorite bottle. He he can't stand it, and he and he hates the fact that anytime bring anybody brings it up that it's a good bottle is Clyde Mays. Yeah. He absolutely hates Clyde Mays, and I'm like, I like it. Which one is like, he oh. had though? Clyde Mays makes a lot of stuff. Oh, we, I, I think, I've had a bunch. I'm not real a big fan of Clyde Mays. I'm not, I'm also not a Henry McKenna fan, but. People think I'm crazy when I say that. That's probably why, because Clyde Mays and Henry McKenna, they're both going to be kind of on the sweeter side. Flavors are going to be a little lighter. So I, I understand why. If you don't like one of those, you might not like the other. But I, I think Clyde Mays makes some good stuff. And some of their source stuff, the older stuff, has been excellent. Hmm. I don't know that I've had any of, any of the sourced. Um, when when you started uh, TikTok, you've, you've mentioned a couple times where they've kind of given – you a little bit of trouble where 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 they haven't like promoted or put you on the for you pages and has that been still um occurring or is that still an issue 
Uh, not a ton. Um, we we got banned once on a live. Um, me and a, a gentleman were talking about mowing the lawn. So we're talking about mowing grass. I don't know if you just can't say grass or if they thought we were smoking weed. I have no idea. We were literally talking about mowing the lawn, and we both got banned for a week from, from live streaming. Um, I got an alcohol content warning. We had a live stream going a few weeks ago that was going great. Like We ended up having like 60,000, 70,000 people on that live stream. Uh, and then the following week, we had one that was starting off even hotter. Like I had 2,000 people in this live stream, and then we've got a graphic content warning or like, you know, a health warning because of alcohol consumption. And so basically, they completely quit promoting the live stream. And so instead of having 60 or 70,000 people like the last one, we ended up having like 15,000 because we already had a bunch of people in there. Um, right. So they they do that. As far as the videos, I am noticing videos seemingly getting less views, but maybe I'm just not putting out as good of videos. Like, yeah, that's a thing, too. You know, that could be debated. But, yeah. you know, videos are still getting some views, not like they were. So when you look at creators, who's who's some of your favorites out there that, that don't do bourbon content? Just out of curiosity. Oof, creators that don't do bourbon content? Honestly, on TikTok, that's all I watch if I watch anything uh, mm -hmm. is, is bourbon content. Um, every once in a while they'll throw in a thirst trap and I have to kind of avoid that for my wife sees real quick. But, um, outside of that, I, I watch it. If I'm watching stuff, it's going to be a lot of YouTube. Um, we do a lot of YouTube content for work. And so I'm watching a lot of the popular YouTubers, you know, Ryan Trahan had an interesting series where he like had to give a penny to Mr. B. So he did 30 videos in 30 days where he's traveling across the country. I'm always looking at folks completely outside of my genre um for for inspiration um i forget the woman's name there's a there's a woman does challenges her name's michelle she used to be a gymnast or something and she like she signs up for 911 dispatcher or she'll train like a marine or she'll do something like that right mm -hmm. think bigger production stuff is mm -hmm. kind of what i'm looking at because i would like to try to mimic that in in bourbon content at some point um, so those, you know, obviously I, I, you know, pay attention to Mr. Beast and the super popular folks or people that pop up in business like Graham Stephan or someone like this. I, my, if you look at my watch history, it is a weird combination of business challenges, popular YouTubers and automotive stuff. See, I think I'm a weirdo. Cause I like watching people make crap. That's fun too. Yeah. I, that's what gets me on Facebook. That's all Facebook serves me is somebody, somebody got an ax that's like a hundred years old and they redid it, right? Or yeah. they rebuilt a bottle jack or they made some, some epoxy table or something. Um, those get me. Yep. That's what always gets me. That's why I'm always curious what other people watch. Cause it's one of those things that I, I, I ashamedly have become more addicted to that stuff than I care to admit. <laughs> so when, when you're looking at doing uh, bourbon content, is it, is it going to be just strictly bourbon? Is it going to be anything that related to bourbon cigars, anything else like that, that, that uh, talking about different types of glasses or, or anything like that? Yeah, I actually have a video now where I'm looking to order some glasses to try different types. So mostly bourbon, like I said, about beer, barbecue, but mostly bourbon. Um, I don't, I don't smoke a lot of cigars. I'll have one every once in a while, but not a lot. So I'm, I'm probably not going to talk about that a ton because it's just not something I want to do every day. Uh, mm -hmm. Outside of that, I'll have to find an interesting way to work beer and barbecue in if I'm going to talk about them. Because what what I do, 
And again, this may be getting a little too much in the weeds for those that are creating content or those that are not content creators. When I put out a TikTok video or, or any video, once we start focusing on a platform, what I'm trying to do is grow the audience. So sometimes you feed the audience, sometimes you grow the audience. And a lot of these content creators, what they're doing is they're putting out a very basic video and they're maybe doing one, two, five a day. And they get 200 views, 300 views, however many views they get, but it's usually not a lot. So all TikTok did was show that to a small circle of their followers that watch the most of their mm -hmm. content. And if those people engaged with it really well, they'll widen the circle. And they'll widen the circle and they'll widen the circle until you get a bunch of views. But they're not putting out content that is really, you know, well done. They're not really hooking people. They're not, you know, really focusing on keeping their attention throughout the whole thing. Uh, it may be the audio's bad. Maybe it's just shot with bad lighting, whatever. So we're trying to do it a little better than that so that every video we put out, when it hits that first circle, first of all, because we get quite a few views, our circle's a little bigger. So even a bad video is going to get more than a couple hundred views. A bad video for us is going to get seven, 8,000 views. Gotcha. Um, it'll do three or 4,000 in the first day. And that's how I know it's bad if it's done that. But that what that does, though, is if I put out several of those in a row, my, that initial circle is going to get smaller that TikTok's going to show it to until I'm getting a couple of hundred. So what I want to do is if I do a bad one, the next one, I need one that widens the circle. I need one that hits those 4,000 people. They engage, they watch most of the video, and then it broadens out. And that's how you get more followers. That's how you get to 70,000, 100,000, 200,000, is you've got to get videos that broaden the circle, that get outside of your base. And you only do that by view duration, right? Retention. And, and the reason, the way you get retention on TikTok is by getting people to comment. Because while they're over there commenting, they watch that TikTok three times. Gotcha. Hmm. So, what um, is TikTok the the avenue in which you you've had the most success, or just where you started? Well, it's, it it is where we've had the most success and where we started. Um, I was looking for a place to do some light, small production videos. Right, I just didn't have time to do full YouTube videos for Bourbon. That takes a lot of effort, but mm -hmm. I could sit down on a Sunday and I could batch five TikToks if I really put some effort into it and have one for each weekday next week with, you know, a couple of hours worth of work and, and, you know, figuring out what I'm saying and shooting them and then editing them down. Uh, but a YouTube video, I may spend three or four hours figuring out what to do. I may have to go buy supplies and then I may spend an hour setting up and then a bunch of shooting. And then it may take several hours to, to edit that. So I just didn't have that time. You know, work's very busy. I'm trying to do brusal as much as I can in the evenings. And, and uh, so we were just looking for something light and easy to do. And TikTok seemed to be that. And honestly, it was more successful than I anticipated. So you mentioned you have a wife. Does she, does she think you're crazy for all the bourbon that you do and how much you're buying it for? And Well, she doesn't know how much I buy it for. It's not crazy. <laughs> crazy. There you go. Every um, bottle's 30 bucks, right? Well, $35. The, the great thing is with the other content I create and as much alcohol as we consume on those things, uh, the, the bourbon collection is a tax deduction, right? Like we use that for content. I actually don't drink a lot if it's not on camera. Uh, which is one of those weird things. Um, so if I'm going to be drinking, I'm like, let's film this. Let's do something. Let's live stream it. Right. Um, so, but she is, she is supportive of it. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I haven't run us into the poor house yet. So, you know, she's able to live the lifestyle that she wants. So she doesn't give me much flack about living the lifestyle that I want. I hear you. I've noticed that you mentioned that, that you put the, 
the bottles that you're hoping that, that she doesn't get a hold of on the top shelf and the things that are okay for her to grab and they're on the lower shelf. <laughs> well, she, she can't reach the top shelf. So that, <laughs> you know, she doesn't go for those, but I, I came home at the last studio. We, we, we've been rebuilding this house in these studios for a year and a half. Now at the last house, I'd got that bottle of William LaRue and I brought it home and we popped it open and I tried it and she tried it and we both loved it. I put it up on the top shelf and I was gone out of town for a week. And when I come home, that much of it was gone. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened to this bottle? Like, this is my favorite bottle ever. And now a bunch of it's gone. Like if you've been, Oh, one of her friends came over and they were just drinking it. Um, and I was like, this is not like, I, I'm not trying to say all the bourbons, my bourbon. I'm not trying to say you can't have any of the bourbon, but you got to understand their bottles. We just bring the casual bourbon person over that doesn't know what they're drinking. And we, we enjoy it with them. And then there's the stuff we say for the really into bourbon people or for ourselves. And this was an inappropriate use of that. Bottle. <laughs> so I had to hide, you know, those go on the top shelf now. And she just knows if it's on the top shelf, it's important. So let's go to, let's go to the, the big bourbon questions. Okay? okay. So what's out there that, that you haven't tried that you want to try? What's, what's your unicorn? Uh, well, the, Tops on my list of bottles that I really want is Russell's Reserve 13, which again okay. is dropping this month. I'm going to try my hardest to get one, but we'll see. Um, I really want a Sazerac 18, which is a bottle that I've just never tried. I've never, I'm not a big fan of rye. I'm not a big mm. fan of Sazerac. The Thomas Handy is better. It's pretty good. Still not wonderful to me compared to the other BTAC, but that's the unicorn in that BTAC collection that I don't have and I've never tried. So I need that one. Um, other than that, there's not a ton that I'm like, I've never tried and I really, really, really want. I'd have loved to have got a Heaven Hill 17. Those dropped here a couple of months ago. That would have been wonderful. Um, couldn't pull that off. Um, there was a, what was the other? There was another 17-year-old one that just dropped that I missed out on as well. Um, can't remember what it was, though. Anyway, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of bottles that are hard to find and i want them all i want a koi hill that's really high on my huh. list i'd love to have a koi hill right now yeah um and, yeah and oh uh, fits 15 old fits well i'm actually i prefer the 12 okay um i love it and i i'll tell you i finished these right here we went to a bar me and a friend went to a bar in uh in scottsdale arizona and we polished off this old fits 15 and 13 actually and we both thought the 13 was better Huh. You know, I, I probably wouldn't disagree with you. Some of the 15s are, are just not, they're actually a little too oaky. That was the old wood. 17 that dropped that I couldn't think about a second. I couldn't remember a second ago. That dropped last month here and I gotcha. couldn't wait two days for it. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, that's, that's the other thing that the unicorns that everybody talks about, it, it's the, it's the Pappy 20, Pappy 23, but I would much rather have the 12 and the 15. Um, the one that you have to me is a better bottle than the 20 or the 23 that I've tried. Um, I think sometimes people get enamored by the years and not realize sometimes the, the people created a 10 year or 12 year on purpose that, that Russell's uh, 10 year old bourbon is 10 years for it's for a reason. That's why it's there. Well, people can't distinguish hype for the flavor and the, the greatness of the bottle and the hype for the collectability of the bottle and the rareness. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't distinguish bef- between those. If everybody wants it, everybody wants it. Doesn't matter why they want it. Some people want it because they're going to drink it. Some people want it because they're going to put it on a shelf. And so, you know, those 23s, if you're collecting, yeah, those are the rare Pokemon. Get those, put them on your shelf, look at them. It's like, you know, Kobe Bryant rookie cards you got sitting there. It's wonderful. But if you're drinking them, well, honestly, bourbon doesn't usually get better after 12 years. Mm-hmm. Doesn't usually. And there are exceptions, but it doesn't usually get better, especially in Kentucky. So a 12-year-old, to me, is probably going to be better than a 15. Like, I honestly, I believe if they drop that rip, 12 or excuse me the uh the, the lot b, lot b. 12 year old at uh at 107 proof that it would be better than the pappy 50 but that's just my opinion it, it, it could be you know and, I, and I'll, I'll say that i think that it also depends on years i mean honestly you know different aging different things like that you know i mean it, it's crazy to me how much different you know, especially like hazmat products. I love, I mean, I love hazmat stuff. I mean, I've got some stuff that's 155.7. Oh, I've got wow. stuff that's 157 and some change. I've got all kinds of crazy hazmat stuff that I've no. got that's 23, 27, 28-year-old Canadian whiskeys that are absolutely delicious. I mean, they don't drink anywhere near that hot. I also have some bourbons that are 140, 150, you know. So, uh, but, man, it's just something about, you know, that when you get that age with that hazmat, man, there's just – it's some magic happens, especially in that 14, 15 year old room. That's why I want that Koi Hill. <laughs> oh, the Koi Hills are delicious. But you know, most of those are only eight, nine, 10 years old. I mean, they're I not know, that old. I know, but still, a good 10 year old <laughs> bourbon, good 10 year old Jack Daniels at 140 something proof. Yep. That just sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I think the last one was what, 144.2 or 144.7, something like that. Something so, like yeah. that. Yeah. Did you ever find that Japanese bottle that you were looking for last yes, week? It was in here. I put it in <laughs> here. I'd, I had drank a bottle. I'd opened the bottle out of here, so I'd put it in there. I'm going to film a video. I've got it in there on the bar now. We're going to film it. We shot a bunch of B-roll of it this weekend, so I'm going to shoot a video on that and pop the cork on it. Gotcha. There you go. One of the uh, things that, uh, like we talked about earlier, that we've gotten uh, uh, the ability to do is when uh, to meet some of the, the distillers. Do you go to any of the distilleries? Have you been able to go to any of the big guys or anything like that? Dude, I, I work some weeks, a hundred plus hours. Um, when I'm not working my full-time job, I'm creating bourbon content. Mm. And so I don't really go. And, and sometimes work requires me to travel, but unfortunately I don't get to travel a lot for bourbon. So I've never been on the bourbon trail. I've been to the Jack Daniels distillery, but I haven't been to any of the other ones. I'm, I'm really missing out. Like those are holes I need to fill and I'm going to yeah. put some effort into trying to do that. But so far really haven't been anywhere bourbon related. We need to get you up here to Southern Indiana and take you on a little tour. I mean, <laughs> there, uh, there's, I mean, we've, we've done a couple podcasts and got to meet some really interesting folks. Um, Alan Bishop that from the distiller from uh, friend, uh, spirits of French lick. He's quite a character. He's a historian of bourbon uh, gets his own uh, yeast strains and everything else. He, but he makes really unique bourbon because he uses, I mean, he, what was it? He used, uh, it was some type of oats or something that he was using in oh, different yeah. things, but he makes really different types of bourbon that I don't, I, I bet you, you probably, have you heard of Spirits of French Lake? I have not, no. Um, but he, he, he's an interesting character, somebody that it's always good to sit down. It's probably our fun, the most fun podcast we ever did because we sat up there and had a really, really fun conversation. Yeah, he does a lot of experimental grains like kasha, oat, um, 
the, he did something that was a Mexican spent grain or something like he, he does all kinds of really, really, really unique things. And uh, like, like Toby said, massive historian for bourbon. He's, he's built an entire label out of, you know, old uh, distillers from, from the state of Indiana. You know, sounds people. like a lot of fun. And I'm so. sorry, this podcast has been so boring. <laughs> not been boring at all man I, I i love talking to people about bourbon and anything fun you know so but i mean it's just the the character this guy i mean uh if you if you look up alan bishop or spirits of french lick on facebook and look at any of his videos you'll kind of understand what we're talking about he, he wears okay. the old he wears the old clothes historical clothes uh he he's into a lot of crazy stuff but he does he just makes a fantastic product but i mean we went what was um um the the place that makes brandy um oh uh, copper and Kings. copper and kings downtown louisville kentucky brandon mcdaniel he's a great guy too we went up there and the same thing and he was one of the ones that opened up these brandy barrels that tasted like fruit loops and everything else oh. it, but being able to go to the distilleries seeing how this stuff is made and seeing these fermentation tanks that are bigger than uh people's houses uh it, it's amazing and um it, it's it's something that any bourbon lover should have should absolutely do. Um, there's people that will come in town here for four or five weeks or four or five days and do nothing but go to different distilleries uh, and have some great things. And, and downtown Louisville alone, what is there, 10 that you could go to and actually? Yeah, probably six to 10. Yeah. So it's a, uh, we, we, we luck out a little bit or get lucky here to be able to be around so much of it. Um, but the thing about it is everybody comes here. So there's not a very many bottles available. They, they take up everything. Yeah. And a lot of liquor stores here. So we're not a control state. So yeah. Hey, even if a liquor store does buy it, they can come out and they can, you know, they can sell a bottle of OWA for $150 if they want, you know? So, I mean, well, it's it, the same here if it's not a state run liquor store. So we we've got state run stores and we've got gas station liquor stores. That's pretty gotcha. much it. There are no big chains. So like this bottle, I went into that store. They had this, uh, you know, may not have been this one, probably the one I've got sitting in there, but it was 75 bucks. Right. The same store the week before had special reserve for 85. Oh God. <laughs> well, no, that's the stuff that stuff. drives me crazy. Well, they had Eagle Rare for like 70 and then they had black or no, it was, it was Eagle Rare. And then Buffalo Trace was like $55. And then the, I, was, I was afraid to ask, but I'm like, you got a bottle of OWA. I got to ask. Like I have to, I, I'm afraid to. But I was like, what is that? They're like 75. I was like, do you have any more? Like, I will take them all at that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I understand that's a markup, but that's a right. reasonable markup for this bottle. Whereas they're sti they've still got Eagle Rare and Buffalo Trace sitting over there because nobody will buy it from that here. Well, I mean, in here you can get Buffalo Trace for $25 all day long. And we we go into some of these bourbon groups and they're like, oh, I got a bottle of this today for my hunters. And, and, and I'm like, you went out hunting for a bottle of Buffalo Trace that – uh, literally anywhere. One of the things about Buffalo Trace, if you ever got to the distillery, they have tours. One, they're all free. So you, you don't have to pay for any of the tours there at Buffalo Trace. And if you do a tour, they have what they have a daily select bottle. So a lot of times they'll have an OWA, this special reserve, a Blanton's Eagle Rare that you can buy at regular retail nice. um, if, as long as you do the tour. Um, that's the only way that I usually can get a bottle of OWA around here at a reasonable price without spending it at secondary $900 at secondary price. It's still worth a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. hundred percent. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the hard hitting questions here now, man. All right. I'm ready. 
What's I may the need most a drink for this? I mean, oh, that's right. You might need a drink. <laughs> and you're about to ask me a question I can't answer. Yeah. Well, you can't answer with your wife in the room. Yeah, your wife. You, your wife's not going to like this. What's the most you spent on a on, on a on a bottle? Uh, the Santa Pappy was the most I've ever spent on a bottle, and I I agreed when I bought it that I would not disclose what I paid for it. Okay. It All is right. far below secondary. Gotcha. Far far below secondary. Other than that, other than that bottle, the second most I've ever paid for a bottle of bourbon is three hundred dollars. Gotcha. Okay. All right. See, I, I bought that, like I said, I bought that old Carter single barrel, um, but it retailed for, I think, three fifty. That was what they sold it for in the retail store. Um, I, I actually had a hookup, so I got it half price. Um, that's the most I've ever spent on a bottle, which was one hundred eighty dollars. Well, I, I've traded for some expensive bottles. So I've traded like multiple, like my Eagle Rare 17. I traded like 10 bottles for that. So technically yeah. I probably paid more, but I didn't outlay cash. I right. had taken a bunch of bottles and we just traded on even secondary price. And I sent 10 rise that I didn't care about his way. And he sent me a bottle of Eagle Rare 17. I would never see any other way. So I've done that. Um, I want to say my old Carter was a trade. So I don't, I don't even know what it, what it went for. Gotcha. All right. Next question. When, when you're looking at bourbon, what do you want in your bourbon? What do I want in a bourbon? If I'm yep. looking for ideal, like a, if I ideal, um, I love wheaters, but there's not a ton of wheaters that are as good or better than this. So if I'm looking for a bourbon, I'm looking for 100 to 107 proof. I'm looking for 10 to 12 years old. Um, I mean, other than that, I, I, that's pretty much what I'm looking for. OWA is not 10 or 12 years old, is it? No, it's not. But that's mm -hmm. like if I'm just walking up and I'm looking on a shelf, okay. if something's bottle and bond, it's 107 proof, um, or it's 10 to 12 years old, I'm probably going to buy it if I've never tried it. Gotcha. Gotcha. What's your Other favorite? than that, it's just going to be people asking me on a live stream. That, that I, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried it? Every week they come <laughs> in and ask me 15 times, have I tried it till I just finally break down and buy a bottle? Yeah. So what about your favorite brand? Is Buffalo Trace your favorite brand because they have the most weeders or? They do produce the most stuff that I find delicious. So that's that's probably tops, but that's, I mean, that's most people, honestly. Like that's, they get the most hype, right? So, I mean, you get Pappies, that's fantastic. They've got the Weller stuff. That's really great. E.H. Taylor's great. Love Rock Hill Farms. I like Blanton's, but I really like Blanton's Gold, and I like Blanton's Straight from the Barrel. So, you know, all of those are really, really good bottles. Outside of that, um, Old Forester makes some really good stuff. Old Forester does not put that name on anything that's bad. At least I yeah. haven't had it. So um, that's my thing. That I, I'm an Old Forester guy, and then I'm probably actually, honest to goodness, honestly, probably Wild Turkey is my second favorite. Like Love, I found so many delicious yeah. Wild Turkey products. The rare breed 101. Like if you're just talking about regularly available, the wild turkey masters keep 17 year bottle and bond was one of my favorites. I tore that bottle up. But you don't like Elmer T. Lee. Do not I mean I don't dislike it. So I get hate because I can't <laughs> you can't say something's not good. If you say something's not as good as other things, people are like, Oh, he's hating on it. It's not good. No, Elmer T. Lee's fine, but it's not better than a bottle of Buffalo Trace. It's not really better than a bottle of Ancient Ancient Age to me. Yeah. And so those are good. Like you asked me, Ancient Ancient Age is really good. I like mm. that bottle, which means I like Elmer T. Lee. But I get Ancient Ancient Age for like $17 or so, and I and that Elmer T. Lee is going to be 300 So that I just think the Elmer T. Lee is dumb. I think the hype for normal 90-proof Elmer T. Lee is insane. 
That's the struggle that I've always had with with the idea of secondary prices on everything is because you get a Evan Williams bottle and bond, uh, you get a OGD bonded, you get um, a lot of these 18, 20, 25 dollar bottles. To me, the difference between those and some of these higher price 70, 80, 100 dollar bottles is not that much. And do you, yeah, it's just you're like, I can buy three or four of these or one of those. The difference between William LaRue Weller and Weller Antique 107 is this much. It's this much better, right? And and it's it's like try to try to explain to you though the, the price, how how hype works into that. I had an old Impala, 63 Chevy Impala, love this car, still have it. I took it to a restoration shop and I, I went into the restoration shop and I said, I want this car restored. And I need to know how much that's gonna cost me. And the guy looked at it and he said, it depends. And I was like, well, what do you mean? It's like, depends on how far you want to go. To get this car 90% perfect is going to cost X dollars. And for every 2% more than that you want to go, you're going to have to add another X dollars. So 92% perfect is going to be twice as much as 90% perfect. So how far you want to go? I said by 86%. Like, I don't like, I don't need it. Like I'm going to scratch it. I'm going to drive it. I'm going to put some door dings in it. We're going to, you know, we're going to use it. I'm not trying to gold plate everything and put it on a, in a show. And, and bourbon's a lot like that to make a really nice product takes X amount of effort or it's X amount of rare, but every two percentage points more than that, that this thing is delicious or hyped then the value doubles. And Mm. so when you get a William LaRue Weller, well, that may only be, four or six percent or eight percent more enjoyable than this so to most people they're not even going to be able to tell the difference or if they do tell the difference they're not really going to enjoy one more than another they're just going to say okay these are a little different but it's so it's not worth it being what is it 20x the price for william Mm -hmm. larue weller to this guy um but it is that much better it's it's better the flavors have more depth to them they have more intensity and more crispness but it's not more enjoyable than this bottle. I'm going to get a nice buzz and this is going to taste wonderful. And honestly, I would just feel sick if I drank as much William LaRue Weller as I did drink <laughs> this because of what it costs. Yeah. So do you get anybody sending you um, bottles, samples, things like that um, because of the your your, your platform? Yes, um, we do have folks send us bottles. We got a lot of contacts that allow us to access bottles that we wouldn't be able to otherwise, you know, people who can get them in in places. If I say, hey, I'm looking for a bottle, somebody has it. I could probably buy it from them or trade them. And sometimes folks will just send me bottles. Um, I do have people, I just put my PO box in my TikTok profile and I did get my first just random unsolicited box in today. Like nobody even DM me and said, hey, I'm sending this to you. I just got a box in. It's it's a decanter. It's like a big rifle decanter from Amazon. <laughs> I have no idea who sent this to me. There's no note or anything. So we, we get stuff like that. Some people will send me gift sets or something that they're like, hey, I wish if you like it, create a video. You know, they're, they're trying to, you know, trying to hack influencer marketing or something. Um, most of the time I don't post videos unless it's really, if it's really cool and it creates a good video, of course I'm going to post it. But if you send me a flask, I think that's dumb. Who uses a flask? I just towed a bottle around if I really want to drink out of it. <laughs> yeah, no um, so we get stuff like that. It's not a ton of free bottles. The funny thing is, is I actually got more free bottles when I was doing a lot of bourbon slash e-commerce content. Uh, a lot of people started sending us bottles then. Now that I, they see I've got a hundred and something bottles, they don't send them as much. 
you know, we've gotten um, probably uh, most of the time it comes from the company. So like Oak and Eden sent us some bottles and some other different places, um, which is kind of nice, but we, we don't get as many as we would like. He was even one of the things that we were drinking a few minutes ago was a Booker's that, that somebody sent in. Yeah, uh, a bottle that, chugged it. That was, it. A, yeah. was a was a one of the fans that was sending that in. Um, have you tried Oak and Eden? I have not tried Oak and Eden, but if they sent me a bottle, I would. Rabbit Hole <laughs> did send me a bottle. Uh, Rabbit Hole, it's kind of funny. I went, I kept hearing a lot of things about Rabbit Hole on TikTok. And so I went looking my local store and they had a bottle of rabbit hole and I bought it and it was pricey. It was, it was 60, $70 for that bottle. And I get home and the next morning I wake up and I've got a DM from rabbit hole and they're like, we're going to send you a bottle. And it was the exact bottle I literally bought the night before for 70 bucks. And I was like, I tell you what, how about you just send me any other bottle? Just pick one. I don't, I'm not trying to be that guy. I literally just bought this bottle. Just send me a different one. And they did. They sent me the cave hill. I think I'd bought the high gold and they sent me the cave hill. Um, I didn't create a, well, I mean, I did create a video, but it wasn't really reviewing the bourbon. I just had some fun and did an Alice in Wonderland theme. Um, I did have somebody from Buffalo Trace the other day on the live stream. They DM'd me and they sent me, I've been looking for, I wanted a pewter buffalo. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to a bar, they have the pewter buffalo yeah. trace buffalo napkin holder. Yep. I yeah. tried to talk my local bar a couple of years ago out of theirs and they wouldn't sell it to me. I see them on eBay and I almost pulled the trigger and now we got the bar done. I'm like, I want a pewter Buffalo. So the guy's like, Hey man, love the live stream. I think I was doing a blind. That was the one where I was doing the blind with Elmer T Lee. So I was trashing mm. Elmer T Lee that old stream. It was, <laughs> it was against other Buffalo trace products, but he's like, Hey man, enjoy the stream. I want to send you some swag. And I said, do you have a pewter Buffalo? That's like, you know, shoot your shot. I want the pewter Buffalo. He's like, I don't, but as soon as I get one in, in stock, I'll let you know. So two days ago or maybe Friday, he, he, sent me an email. It's like, Hey, we got the pewter Buffalo. I'm sending it to you. So I'm expecting a pewter Buffalo. I'm excited about it. There you go. One of the things that, that I, when we first started this is we, we got, we were kind of surprised on how much you could get just by asking, uh, just talking to somebody and saying, Hey, you want to send it, you want to send us a bottle to review or whatever. Um, or do you want us to come to a podcast at your distillery? So, um, working at the going with the guy does the, the ones that old Forrester done a couple uh, podcasts there or, or, um, and all these folks, but it's surprising. You just got to ask, they hardly ever say no. Yeah. I need to, Jack Daniels was sending around those little three seventy five Koi Hills to the YouTubers the other, that other week. And mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, come on, man, we're drawing some, <laughs> I, I got more subs than I got at least more. I know TikTok's followers are not as valuable as YouTube subs, but, like, come on, send me a Koi Hill so I don't have to chase this thing down. What you're telling me is I need an agent. I need somebody that's just banging them all the time saying, we need bottles to review, send them our way. Right. You would be surprised yeah. if you had somebody doing that, how much you would get. It, it's right. it's unbelievable because him and I started this and we just started reaching out and 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 it was it was surprising how many people said yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like we was talking about how many people are willing just to go through the rick houses and just drill into drilling this out of barrels, just throwing your glass up right next to the barrel and just saying, here, try this. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And now I, here's I, my dream. Here's my dream right here. And I want to, can you guys help me with this? Okay. I need help making this a reality. I want to do a store pick. Okay. But I want it to be Eagle rare. 
and I want to release it at a hundred proof. Like who's got that pool? Who's got the way? <laughs> Man, I, I don't. I don't know anybody's got that pool. I mean, like, I really don't. I mean, for one, those are lotteries anymore. I mean, have you have you ever been involved with the – what is it, like – I want to say it's like February 1st or something like that. They do the release where everybody and their mom is on the page and they're clicking it. It's called Single Cast Day or whatever, I where literally every, anybody and everybody that has a liquor license can go in there and just click the button and you have the opportunity to get whatever store pick it is. But would they let me drop it at a hundred proof though? I don't even think they would. I don't think they would. I don't think they'll let you do it at hundred proof. What, I what would is sell it? it out in about three and a half minutes? I would well, yeah, sell I 10 barrels in three and a half minutes if they would let me do that. Yeah. It, there's a, what is Eagle? Is Eagle rare? 90 proof. 90, I was about to say they're 90 proof. So yeah. that would probably be the sticking point. There is. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen other than a single, even in single barrels. Do they release it at yeah. barrel proof? Um, no. no single barrels so. are all. Everything's ninety proof. So I mean, I could probably get you on an Eagle Rare store pick, but I don't think there's. I, I don't think there's any way possible like it's to get working. you anywhere near like, a hundred proof. I, I feel like this is like the Eric Church Jack Daniels. I just need to get a big enough following so we can do a brutal Eagle Rare drop. I don't know. I just don't have. The, it's possible. I just don't have a big enough influence yet. And I, I, Fred Minnick is the biggest name in bourbon, as far as I know. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody bigger. I, I don't think Fred could get that done. <laughs> I'm going to ask him. I mean, you can. You can ask do, him. Do you know Fred? I don't, but I will. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I don't know. I've been to his office, and it's amazing. And, and he's a super – he's he's super cool. You know, he's, he's super laid back. He gets a lot of flack because he wears an ascot, and it looks a little pretentious, but – um, <laughs> well, I thought it was a good character, though. I mean, it's, I don't know if he's playing a character, if he wears an ascot all the time, but I thought it worked yeah. for the videos. We actually have a kind of a Fred Minnick. I don't know if y'all saw my tasting notes video I did last week. Mm -mm. I, I did. I didn't. So, so we, we took, we took the bourbon junkies, uh, tasting notes from Russell's Reserve 13. Okay. I did it, see that. You yeah, made fruit loops or something. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we've got two of those we've shot that are being edited coming out. And one of them is a, is a tasting notes from Fred Minnick on the Jack Daniels triple mash. So, I, you know, I'll know Fred after that. I'm sure he'll see that video. Yeah. So the only thing that I, that I like Fred a lot, cause he interviewed my favorite football player of all time. So uh, Charles Woodson, when he started bringing out his bourbon, um, I, I've always been a, a big football fan and I was surprised that he was able to, he's big enough to get somebody like Charles Woodson on his pot or on his, uh, on his, uh, whatever you call it. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get Jackie's I can. <laughs> he's jackie on multiple times what, what kind of views are y'all drawing on this uh so we, we we're we're strictly audio so right now right. you know i think we had almost thirty thousand downloads last year okay so i mean we, um, we, we've I got a good following takes, but like even on you on e-commerce content we have a very small channel i have like six seven thousand subs on youtube for the e-commerce content a bad video like an average video might get a few hundred we'll do 30 40 000 views on some but like we're getting executives from Shopify, like a lot of the platforms are coming on. And it's because no one's talking about technical e-commerce. Everybody's talking about drop shipping and marketing. Sure. Nobody's talking about what we're talking about. So you've obviously got some competition, you know, Fred's doing it, but it really doesn't take that many eyeballs or ears in your case to really have an, a big enough influence to get people because I mean, how big is the bourbon audience that would consume this kind of content? And it has, what, what we say in e-commerce is that we influence the influencers. 
right? So yeah. we're not necessarily having the biggest audience, but the people who the people who listen to us have an influence. And so if you continue to build that, I don't see any reason why you couldn't have folks like that on here. Yeah. So one of the 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 problems with the way that the downloads work within podcasts is they they started limiting like they do with the views on on TikTok. It, it, it's it's duration. So it's not just them downloading it as they their subscriber and it automatically right. gets downloaded. They actually have to click on it and go to I think thirty seconds. If you don't listen for at least 30 seconds, it doesn't count as a download. So we have a lot of folks that, that have the subscriptions. So the, our subscriptions are pretty high, but they don't um, they don't ever necessarily click on every single episode. And then when they do click on it, they may listen to 10 seconds, 20 seconds of it and then turn it off or whatever. And it doesn't count as a download. So it's it's podcast downloads are a little bit tricky when it comes to uh to trying to figure out true numbers of how many people are listening i understand and podcast that's a tough game it is i mean you know everybody's doing it you know and then on top of that people only well podcast people are podcast people typically so it's hard to pick up new listeners or new subscribers unless that's kind of their medium to what they like to do so yeah but you you know you're streaming on Facebook, you could drop these as YouTube videos, but my only advice to you would be topics matter. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting a lot more views on bourbon content than I ever got on e-commerce content. I spent tens of thousands of dollars. I drove 6,000 miles. I spent eight months producing a series on YouTube of e-commerce content. And we got more views last week, just repurposing TikToks onto YouTube for YouTube shorts in a week, more than yeah. that entire series I did. So top, I'm, I'm not a better bourbon content creator than I am e-commerce content creator. I just have a much broader market, a much bigger yeah. potential topic. So, you know, finding topics people are interested in, skewing these in that direction, that that's how you get more listeners. That's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, heck, we we have about, I don't know, 38, 39 countries that are listeners right now. Nice. We, have, we seem to have a really good following in Australia and in uh, Ireland and a couple of other folks. But who knew? I mean, how, how does that happen? Right. Like, I mean, you know, where, how did they find us? And, but, but they're loyal listeners. I mean, you can see them every single week, right. As rain, as soon as that episode drops, poof, it's getting picked up. It's getting listened to. So nice. it's fun. So, uh, I, I didn't know if you had anything else or if you wanted to go ahead and promote anything before, uh, we, we wrap this bad boy up. It's been a little bit over an hour. So I didn't know if, if, if you were ready to to wrap it up or not. I mean, it's up to you, man. If you want to wrap it up, I'll keep going as long as y'all go. I'm used to streaming for a few hours. So, um, I mean, as far as promoting, like if you need to get in touch with me or you want to watch some of my stuff, you can find me on most platforms at Bruzel, B-R-E-W-Z-L-E. We're most, most active on TikTok right now, but we're changing that, really pushing to Instagram, YouTube, and just fired up Twitter today. So hopefully we'll be posting stuff there. Gotcha. Awesome. I always hear Twitter is actually the way to go in some capacity because they don't they don't edit as much or the, it's a little bit more free reign there. Everything's different though. It's funny because like I I dropped the Pappy video on YouTube or on TikTok and it got two million views, and right. I drop it on YouTube and it got maybe a couple of thousand, right? And it's like every platform is a little different. Some of my worst TikToks are some of my best shorts so far that we've dropped on YouTube. And so it's just the audience is slightly different. They're looking for slightly different stuff. How the videos are presented to people is slightly different. Um, and so every one of them's going to be nuanced. And if you're going to be good at any of them, 
Now you could repurpose, you could be lazy, right? You could just create a short video and put it on all of them and just see what it does. But if you're going to be good at those platforms, you've really got to tailor the content for each one of them, including Twitter. Twitter's probably the most different out of all of them. Good deal. Good deal. Well, hey, TJ, we appreciate you being on. Uh, for anybody that obviously you can see the screen, but uh, we didn't really do a full introduction at the beginning of the episode. We really appreciate TJ Gamble coming on or we, what he likes to be called as Bruzel from uh, TikTok and, and other social media outlets. If you want to find Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can find us on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can also download any of our content on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of those platforms. This is Scott, Toby, and TJ signing off. Peace out.